Hello, sexy nerds of the Nerd Imperium. Welcome to this week's episode of the Currently Nerdy Podcast. We are your inner conclave of nerdum. My name is Diz, and I am your pop culture and sports nerd, Ali. I am Ali, your classic nerd. And I'm V, your comic book nerd. Fellas. Guys, well, guys damn it. fellas. Sorry. Sorry. Fucker. Diz, I, I am sorry. This is the last time, I swear. <laughs> you said that last time. Okay. Yeah, that's true. All right. This may be one of the last times, I swear. All right. Did you, uh, I know Ali didn't, you watched the Conor McGregor cowboy fight. I did. I this did past watch weekend. I did not watch it, but I heard it was really quick or something like that. It was a very, it only had, it ended in like 40 seconds, right? But you know, it was an interesting fight. It was fun. Um, I, you know, the fight itself was whatever, but I wanted to, um, I ran into this article today, uh, that I thought was really funny. And I think this is important because I feel like it really kind of shows kind of the danger of us opening up ourselves online you know no and everything or like you know kind of giving people access to you know to our lives via the internet you know it's um a lot of places a lot of twitch streamers and everything will try to uh attempt to get a lot of subscribers or people to follow their channels by bootlegging you know all sorts of uh you know like live events right so you know like ali how he you know shamelessly steals uh media from you know, all over the internet instead of paying money. I've never done money. anything of the sort. Yes. You know, allegedly. Yeah, sorry about that. Allegedly. allegedly. Um, you know, or, you know, I've I've heard some people named Ali tend to uh, decide not to pay, you know, what's due to the to the companies in order to to use their services, uh, you know, and so they tend they 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 go end up stealing from, uh, you know, from the darker spots of the internet, uh, you know, so people do that shit on Twitch and, you know, for this past pay-per-view the mcgregor versus cowboy fight a guy had put uh had put a bootleg stream on his twitch channel and the poor guy like he got a text it was because he was recording it from his phone uh-huh. he got a text while the stream was going and you know however many people were watching it and it was really an embarrassing text about his personal life and it ended up like blowing up you know obviously once it's on the internet like you know people had saved it uh, so it, it kind of went crazy. I felt really bad because it says, uh, the text message said Denzel pressed charges on you. So if you come around, you're getting something, something until the court date, give your uncle the house key. Now, now I'm coming to pick it up. Like, <laughs> so this poor guy literally, uh, was, was bootlegging the, the pay-per-view and the text came in and it completely blew up his spot. <laughs> and I think that's, it's such a, a good lesson for all of you guys to be like, number one. You know, if you're going to if you're going to put stuff on the Internet, and you're going to stream things, you know, you got to put yourself in an environment where it's not so, you know, where you're not so open to your own personal life. Yeah, you got to be not, careful about that. Not shit. Disturb mode, yeah. bro. It's as simple as yeah. that. You do, do something because it was it's it's I mean, that's just, you know, that's like having a uh, it's like having a porn pop up, you know, when you were younger. Right. And like you were and then like you know, everyone had like the family computer. You yeah. know, and like you were trying to like, yeah, and then you know, like you were you were kind of hiding, you were hiding around, and you're like trying to look at porn, and like oh, you had the pop up the the pornado, remember that? <laughs> I have you no know, it was like all like the hundreds about. of pop ups at once, right? So it's like you know, when someone walks into the room or whatever, you have to sit there and you gotta start like clicking through all the X's to get rid of them. You know, it's almost the same thing. Only now it's like a millions of people instead of like just your family. <laughs> Yeah, no, I people come up I with all sorts of fascinating and creative ways to uh, stream things. And I always do. like someone was uh, streaming one fight uh, and using his sunglasses. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was watching the fight with sunglasses on. He had his stream on so like people could watch through the sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all sorts of creative things. That's, like that that's pretty genius. And then Twitch does this thing where they do that. A lot of people will do that. They used to uh, stream the live fights, but then they were acting like they were playing a video game to kind of like mess with, uh, I guess, I guess mess with the algorithm or whatever. Right. So they'd be sitting there like acting like they were like running on a controller and playing like the UFC game, but they were actually streaming the actual fights. <laughs> That's pretty solid. <laughs> That's solid. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen that. All my, well, all the times I've allegedly streamed stuff from the UFC, I've just gotten it from like a, a shady website and I had to just cancel out a bunch of pop-ups, but you know, yeah, no big, deal. yeah, but that's the, you know, that's, I guess that's the inherent danger of uh, being on the internet, I guess. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're all sorts of fucked up shit going on. And also, you know, you never know when, when something's a, uh, when the drama, all of a sudden just kind of pops up keem stars, you know, in your trash can and shit. <laughs> all right. Oh, by the way, it's, um, sorry, that, that annual time again, where Ali gets quizzed by Diz on sports. Oh shit! Oh, All right, Ali. The Super Bowl is in two weeks. I didn't sign up for this. You, it's it's been seven years now. All right. The Super Bowl is in two weeks. Can you name two team the two? For teams? the record, can I just point out that in my in my defense, I haven't. Uh, I've been extra busy this year, uh, so I have even less knowledge of what might be going on. Okay. Than in previous years. There's two teams. In the Super Bowl this year, can you name one of them? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm just gonna say Patriots again. The Patriots. I mean, it's not a bad. It's yeah. not a bad. That's guess. not a bad guess. Oh no, no! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! I actually, I think I know one of the teams. Okay. Well, go ahead. Isn't it? I'm almost a hundred percent sure. No. Yeah, I'm almost 100% sure it's the 49ers, right? One of them. Yes. Because I remember someone tweeting about the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Is that right? That is true. The San Francisco 49ers are... So is it the 49ers and the Patriots? No, the Patriots are not oh. in the Super Bowl this year. Okay. Well, who's the, uh, who's the, the other, other team? The other team resides in Kansas City. I don't know if that helps. Buckaroos. The what? Buckaroos. No, this is Buccaneers. Buccaroos. They're in Tampa Bay. <laughs> Oh, Buccaneers. That's what I meant. Wait, Kansas City, Missouri, right? Correct. Yeah. I have no idea. I didn't even know there was a Kansas City team. Is Kansas City a big football city? Well, it's the only sport that they have there, I think. Well, it's not the Rams. It's not the Chargers. It's not the 49ers. It's not the Green Bay Packers. It's not the Patriots. Yeah. Pumas. No, there's no Pumas in the NFL. It's, um... There's Jaguars. Yeah, they're Jaguars. Um, Who's Kansas City? Their there? team is kind of an offensive name. Not very, well, kind of offensive. It's not the Redskins because the Redskins are, are from DC, Washington, DC. Yeah, no. This team is also somewhat offensive. The Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, okay. Okay. Are the Chiefs in? Okay, I've heard of this team before. Are they an offensive name? Team the Chiefs? I don't know, but there's something about, um, what is it about sports and naming themselves yeah. after like semi racist shit? Yeah. But even then, like, I feel like you'd have to, I don't even know what their logo looks like, but I think you have to look at the logo and see if like, if, you know, if it's like Master Chief from Halo, it's one thing, right? I remember playing, like a, yeah. I remember playing soccer and there's teams like the Tomahawks and I think there was like, mm. it's like, and because the, 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 the soccer leagues, you made your own poster. I don't know what you would even call it. Your own banner. That's the word. 
Yeah. And the banner would have like this logo that someone would draw on it. And some of that shit was like pretty racist. Yeah. I remember the, I remember the Tomahawks and there was like the caricature was, was straight up racist. I mean, it's always, but they only do that with, I think the native Americans, right? I mean, it's not like you're uh it's not like they're putting like Al Jolson looking like African Americans on there. Right. Or like anything like that. Like, uh, Anything too well, crazy some forms that, right? of racism are still pretty acceptable, I think. That uh, is true. Modern and I think uh, racism towards indigenous people in particular mm-hmm. is pretty acceptable. I mean, even contemporary TV shows, there's always one episode where they deal with a Native American person, and it's always the same trope, right? It's like he's a he's a medicine man. It's like oh god, so. <laughs> this is like it's a common trope because people feel comfortable being racist towards uh indigenous yeah red facing and brown facing are uh or ex- very yeah. acceptable forms of racism yeah. unfortunately in it's, society by the way, they, and very unfortunately so the kansas Chief. city mm-hmm. chiefs versus the F- san francisco 49ers, 49ers. Yes. I, are you impressed that i knew the 49ers yeah, but i'm not surprised you shouldn't be because I literally saw the tweet like six yeah. hours ago. Well, well it's because you have a lot of friends from the San Francisco like Bay Area who are now all of a sudden oh, that's they're all of a sudden Chiefs fan or Niners fans again. Omar. Um but Wow. Wow. Uh, oh, wow. Calling him out wow. for no reason. But there is a lot there were a lot of Afghan 49ers yeah. fans. Yeah, the Bay Area. Aren't there a lot of uh, skins fans like Afghan skins fans also? Yeah, like yeah. Af- Afghans are generally red skins. Dallas Cowboys or 49ers. It's because those are like the three, the two big Afghan communities are in Northern California and in Virginia. And then Dallas Cowboys is like prototypically American. All right. Did they ever like play on the, on the weird thing about like the Redskins beating up Cowboys and stuff? Like they ever play on that weird trope? No, no, no. I no. never saw Cowboys in no. that. It's America, like, it's like- Afghan, Afghan immigrants weren't particularly aware of like racist tropes yeah. that they could play into. They just picked Cowboys because it was like, the American yeah, thing that, to do. That's an America's team, right? Isn't that Cowboys? Like, isn't that what they call it? Yeah, America's because when, team? when when the American or the Afghan immigrants came to America, the Cowboys were winning the Super Bowl. So they're like, oh, we like yeah, Cowboys. Right. Whereas th- there isn't a particularly large. I mean, th- the other reason is just location. Redskins, 49ers, two large Afghan communities. Ah, uh, uh, that makes sense. When is the Super uh, Bowl, by the way? Not this Sunday, but the Sunday following. So February second. Okay. All right. Second or third. Um, I, 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 it I, I, coincides with the lunar oh, new yeah. year. That's, exa- that's exactly why they did it. <laughs> that's exactly why they did it. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. For the year of the rat, my friend. Uh, oh my god, you're the year of the rat. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> I don't even yeah. know what that meant. I just felt like it the just felt the right. Snake, by the way, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Jackass. <laughs> <laughs> So I've, you know, we have a, um, I, I just came across this thing. Uh, it's interesting because, you know, we like to, we end up talking a lot about, about kind of the unforeseen consequences of the internet and how things should be destroyed, you know, and how Ali wants to go back to smoke signals and shit. Um, we, did you hear about what happened with college humor? Yes. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like there was, uh, I, for those who don't know, like college humor was really big when we were in our early twenties. Um, it was uh, along with a lot of a lot of sites. I mean, it's huge now still, but it's one of those like places that a lot of independent comics, internet comics, and everything would kind of go to. Especially like a lot of comedians who like doing sketch comedy, 
you know, it was a big spot for people who didn't have like necessarily like a lot of professional work. Uh, it gave them a chance to kind of create their own space uh, that allowed for them to, you know, write their own stuff. And a lot of them eventually went on to doing other things within the comedy field or within show business or anything else. Uh, what's crazy is now it's that they recently just laid off pretty much all of their staff, um, you know, uh, kind of going along the trend of places like Funny or Die or Cracked or The Onion, uh, because these were, you know, these big sites that were making a lot of money in the early 2010s and, you know, a decade ago or whatever yeah. it was. And now, uh, you know, they're they're actually, you know, they're near bankruptcy or, you know, they're getting close to bankruptcy. Uh, a lot of it has to do with the like, oh, let me set it up for you, actually. So before, right, let's say uh, you had a website like like College Humor, right? A lot of times you would end up we would end up going to the websites mm-hmm. natively. So you would actually go to collegehumor.com, yeah. right? And then they would have their ad space uh, and we would watch the, the skits or read whatever. And then we would and then we would consume the ads. Now, this allowed for them to have all sorts of freedom because they could shop the ads. They could play whatever ads they wanted. And they almost ultimately got all the revenue from those ads. Right. So the websites themselves are very self-sustaining because they only needed to rely on you going back to the website in order for them to make money. What happened was, you know, when Facebook being the thing, you know, they basically they basically tried to they, they affected the algorithm to the point where if you were to if basically if you were to put a, a video up on Facebook, they would uh, they would bump the algorithm for that video on Facebook and they would naturally lower the algorithm for the link that would take you back to collegehumor.com. So think about it like this, like if you were to, if I were to post the same video on Facebook, right? Facebook would naturally put that video on top. If I were to post a link to, to my website of that same video, it would push it under other videos that Facebook would natively have uploaded, mm-hmm. right? So they've already kind of done this thing where they've created a favor for people who actually post directly to Facebook. So now the issue here is that Facebook is being slammed because, you know, they essentially told everyone that there are, you know, that you're getting so many more views when you post things on Facebook uh, that almost all these companies did this thing called the pivot to video where they would actually, you know, rather than keeping up with their own sites, uh, they would move everything onto Facebook natively. So rather than posting on something that they owned it, they would just go through Facebook. Now, Facebook consolidated all this and they essentially corralled everyone into their own platform, right? Uh, and they bled traffic from outside websites. So now College Humor doesn't really have, or any of the sites really don't have a way of actively going and getting their own income. They have to rely almost solely on Facebook because the numbers were so big. Yeah. Now, the problem is though, you know, uh, the money-making mechanisms on Facebook are infinitely or a lot lower than other platforms. Even back then, like YouTube was a really generous partner, right? It's changed now. Mm-hmm. But before that, YouTube would give, it would do the same thing with ads, but it would give you a much bigger percentage than what Facebook did, mm-hmm. right? Um, so now we're seeing the situation where they're in an issue because apparently Facebook inflated their numbers mm-hmm. of viewers, so people aren't actually making nearly as much money as they thought they would. And now they find out that they've been duped by the actual company into thinking that they were getting more views than they actually were. Yeah, this was the problem with this kind of era of media. 
So in the 2010s, roughly about from about 2008 to about 2012 or so, there was a massive explosion of new media. And most of these were companies that were using the internet to generate views. This was the beginnings of kind of using the internet predominantly for streaming, viewing, etc. Source fed, college humor, all of these existed in a variety of different sort of platforms, either on Facebook, they're on website, or on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And originally, that was a good thing. And there was a lot of excitement regarding that. There was people were high, you know, finding careers in which they could have, um, you know, a steady or relatively decent paycheck doing what they loved. BuzzFeed comes out of that world, right? And the problem that they all ran into is that while originally there was a sort of wild, wild west, radically open uh, space for them. They could, if they could, had the technical chops, they could open up a website. If they had the skills in, um, you know, video editing, they could open, film their own stuff. It, it was great, amateur hour through and through, and it allowed people to make a living off of that. But shortly thereafter, corporations got involved more and more. YouTube uh, uh, introduced a series of new advertisement policies that. Uh, immediately started to shrink or at least control the views in a certain way who ended up getting featured and platformed on their for you page or their or their home page became very limited certain number of people above other people and so what ended up happening is that despite this kind of open space the pathway shrunk we saw the same thing across the board as the corporations got more and more involved there was a, a clear you know, regulating, if you will, of who could be successful and who couldn't. And then in the contemporary moment, that all came to a head. There was this kind of falling out that we're just starting to see now. First, very clearly we see now that the YouTube's algorithms is literally killing uh, content producers, small content producers' websites Mm -hmm. and sites. Across the board, you were seeing people say, look, I used to get... 500,000 views, a million views. I'm getting 10,000 views. I'm getting 40,000 views. They're shrinking. And the big YouTubers that originally from that 2008 to 2012 years are completely vanishing or having to migrate elsewhere. The Connor Franchise of the world, the, uh, what's his name? Um, Well, Tyler Oakley managed to, he has connections elsewhere, but but a lot of these kind of mid-range YouTubers that had reached a million plus and were getting really good views originally are now starting to get a lot less. I mean, in some ways, even even the Stephen Molyneux is crying about this, right? The white supremacist wannabe philosopher loser, his views are shrinking and it's hurting his money. At the same time that you have that going on, You had Facebook running what is fundamentally a scam. So you have two kind of forces almost working hand in hand. One, the hyper-corporatization of new media that we see on YouTube, etc., right? Everything is now being regulated by what can get ads and what can't get ads. That's, that's, That's it. That's the real algorithm is that nowadays. Yeah, and yeah. then this, then you had Facebook, who's working on the other side, just running a fucking outright scam, inflating Seriously. numbers. What well, mostly because it's got this autoplay feature going on, mm-hmm. right? And to a certain extent, you see this with TikTok. 
TikTok is autoplay. So people are just, oh, look, I got 30 million views. Like it's because people are just scrolling and you automatically play. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, be aware of that, right? It's like these, this is, this is the thing. Everyone who's excited about TikTok or these to get a new medias forget these new medias are deeply, deeply fragile. They'll go away in a little bit. If you YouTube, which is still around, if YouTube views are shrinking, you can guarantee that TikTok views will shrink in a little bit. But this is the issue. The problem with the Facebook situation is that as horrible as it is, and as much as they've got caught, the model hasn't gone away. So Instagram is doing something similar. Instagram says, okay, we're not going to inflate views but we're, or we're not going to inflate it, but what we will do is we'll hide it. And so in Instagram, what we're seeing now is that uh, there's a policy under the guise of making it a less toxic environment, of making it less, comp- quote unquote, competitive, that they're going to hide the likes. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Only you'll be able to see this. The problem is that like Facebook, it centers one thing and one thing alone, and that is the lack of transparency. The corporation knows what's going on, but the rest of us don't know the actual numbers and the metrics. As a result, those metrics are now vulnerable to manipulation. If I don't know whether something is organically popular or manufactured to look popular, that's an issue. But it works in whose benefit? Instagram, because they can sell ads. They can make it look like a post is organically popular, even though it isn't because none of us now have access to the likes. And Facebook is the kind of grandfather or godfather of this lack of transparency. That's true. I mean, you look at the kind of the danger. I mean, I think numbers and statistics have always been kind of a slippery slope, right? Like, you know, even before kind of the digital age, you know, anyone can manipulate a lot of numbers and metrics in order to kind of work their own purposes, right? But I mean, I think this is kind of the most egregious. And I think if you were to apply what Facebook has done to say like the meat packing industry, it would have been Upton Sinclair's The Jungle, right? Like it would have been like a complete destruction, like a trust busting thing going on for any other industry that was a little bit older than social media. But I mean, there was in October uh, of 2019, Facebook got hit with a big class action lawsuit. You know, we're all we're the ad. It wasn't even the creators; it was ad partners, so people who were paying money to put their ads onto Facebook. Uh, were upset because Facebook, number one, they did this thing where if if you were to watch a video for three uninterrupted seconds, it counted as a view. So for no matter, so you don't want to talk about autoplay, right? If you're kind of sitting there scrolling through and you autoplay something for three seconds it counted as a view on on their metrics. You wouldn't necessarily see the ad. You wouldn't see anything. You wouldn't consume content, but that's what Facebook considered. You know, it would add one more tick to make their numbers look bigger. They haven't changed that metric yet. They said that three uninterrupted seconds is exactly how long it takes to to consume the content, right? So that hasn't changed. But you take that on top of the fact that uh, these ad partners claimed that the view inflations were anywhere from 150 to 900 percent. Yeah. Well, Facebook is. Yeah. Facebook is filled. I mean, all all of social media has to deal with trolls and bots, mm-hmm. right? Troll bots in particular, yeah. people who are literally not real people. They're just accounts that are that go out to like or view or whatnot, whatever it is. They serve a particular purpose, whether it is to gather views, gather followers. Uh, they're algorithm based. We see that troll bots exist. We know troll farms exist, but Facebook seems particularly egregious because more than any other company, those troll bots are aimed towards monetizing. So yeah. we experience this as currently nerdy. When we started out and 
we started the Currently Nerdy account, we would get organic likes and views and whatnot. But as Facebook continued to change its, uh, you know, its operating, uh, not software, but I guess its operating mechanism, I guess, yeah, its or system its, or whatever, yeah, its systems or its whatever, we were forced. They were they were pushing us more and more to buy ads. That is to promote currently nerdy, currently nerdy having promoted posts, posts that weren't promoted in which we didn't, which we refused to pay for, would get one like two likes, three likes, despite having thousands of followers, yeah, they would just not reach people's pages. But the second you paid them five bucks, suddenly you had a thousand likes from people who weren't even following you. Yeah, yeah. And when you'd click through there and you'd look at those likes, like, these aren't even real people. Half of these people don't even have any photos on their accounts. And this is the problem, is that it was inflated. So it made it seem like the post was reaching people, but it wasn't. And then at the same time that it wasn't reaching people, you get this inflation going on, it was being uh, censored from actual organic engagement. Our posts wouldn't show up on people's timelines. Yeah. Even right? people that we were connected with, like people that we were people close with. People we were connected with, who we were friends with, who were fr- liking Facebook. There was no reason the algorithm shouldn't show that post on their timeline because they had regularly engaged with their stuff in the past. But this is the problem. Facebook is entirely manufactured and manipulated when it comes to its metrics. Completely and totally. And all geared towards making money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a thing about like this, man. It's like, you know, they're, uh, you know, at least with other platforms, right? You know, you were encouraged to, yeah, you want, they wanted the ads on there, but, you know, YouTube, I don't think YouTube ever pushed for creators to make, uh, to pay them to bump them, right? Like, it's not something, it's like, it's such a big Facebook thing to yeah. do. Um, and then, you know, this, actually, so this, this lawsuit they wanted to propose is for $40 million. Well, they got fined $40 million. Right? That's what happened. Well, it's like that's that's what the pro. Yeah, but yeah. the thing is, though, you know how much you know how much how it is of their so annual yeah, point, income. One eight percent. Point zero eight. Yeah, it's point zero eight percent. It's less than a yeah. percent of what of what their their annual income is like twenty two billion dollars yeah, or some that, shit like that. So really, it's like the biggest slap in the wrist I've ever seen. Yeah. So like, that's 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 something I so I noticed this uh, a few months ago when when that lawsuit was going on because the college humor thing is new, like them shutting down. But um, I was a big fan of Adam Canover because he was a he was somebody that was on College Humor. He had that Adam ruins everything on College Humor. I don't know if you guys have seen those; they they were amazing. Yeah. Um, but he tweeted out, he's like, you know, my former employee College Humor did this, shifting the Facebook watch, uh, which is what he was talking about. So, in order to beat YouTube, Facebook faked incredible viewership numbers, so College Humor pivoted to Facebook. So did Funny or Die and many others. The result: a once thriving online comedy industry was decimated. A $40 million fine is laughable. Shut Facebook down. Um, and to an extent, I agree with him, man. Like, I'm on Facebook a lot, but, like, the way that they've, like, monopolized everything is terrible. Because I remember when I had just mm-hmm. graduated high school in, like, 2007, I used to spend hours on on College Humor, like, daily. That used to be my homepage. Um, like, every Tuesday and Thursday, I'd watch the new Jake and Amir videos. I'd watch whatever random videos they're putting up. I remember when they brought out Dorkly. Um, like I used to watch it all until they started focusing on like Facebook and YouTube. 
And like, I just kind of stopped, but it was a way for me because I've always been a big comedy fan, right? It was a way for me to find new comedians and just like find funny things. Like I got exposed to Ben Schwartz on there. I don't know if you guys know who Ben Schwartz is, but he played um, John Ralphio and Parks and Rec. And now he's doing the voice of Sonic and Sonic the Hedgehog. So like that was how he got his big break. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these guys who wrote for College Humor are now writing for like SNL or um, This Week Today on with uh, John Oliver, you know. So like they got their start writing on college humor or doing things on college humor um it was a great way for young comedians but we've seen now like with companies like facebook and youtube changing how they monetize content that creators like for me i'm a big wrestling fan right so i watch a lot of wrestling uh youtube channels like that are recapping the events and that are giving me like news and stuff on what's going on in wrestling but these guys all got demonetized because for whatever reason, their content wasn't what YouTube wanted for them to get to get mo- uh, to get money. So they're shifting the things like Patreon and whatever other like pay to view websites, which is great. But it's great for them because they're still trying to find a way to make money. But like YouTube used to be this this thing where I could just go on and not have to worry about paying for content and just watch what I wanted. And it was a great way for people to make money off of it. But now YouTube's still making billions of dollars a year, but the people that are suffering are the creators. Well, think about how crazy this Mm. is right now. People are shifting over to things like Patreon, you know, which give you a lot more Mm -hmm. autonomy, right? But Patreon makes money off of people giving the money too. There was a point there was a point when we had first started where these websites, you know, they were the ones that went out. They were the ones that got the ads and they were the ones that made the money Mm -hmm. from the ads. Now it's like they're being forced to do this weird third party thing where it's like they have to give a cut out to somebody in order for them to facilitate getting money. Like, you know, you know, I just think it's 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 such a crazy thing. It's such an odd thing to think about, you know, whereas before it was as simple as I have a website, I have my costs. I can create content. The people who come to the content. It's ultimately the money that I'm making. And now it's like I have to go and find another someone else to make the money for me and take a cut of it before I'm able to see any profit. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's just such a weird. It's just a weird way of it's just a weird evolution of, I guess, yeah, it's online like a middleman, right? It's like, yeah, I thought the point of mm-hmm. the Internet was to like for you not to have to go to somebody else. Right. So like if you created something that like you're in charge of it, you're your own creator, you could bring in the revenue for it. But with YouTube and Facebook, they've gotten so big now that like they've become the middleman and what they say goes. That's the problem though. That's the, this is the thing that the fundamental error that everyone made about the internet is that you could trust Mm -hmm. the tech companies. Mm, yeah. Is that you could trust these big ass tech bros that they were trustworthy in what they did because they weren't ma- manipulating it. It was just an algorithm. It was a system. There's no one sitting there in YouTube determining who gets to be famous and who doesn't get to be famous. It's just a platform. These tech bros created a platform and all you had to do is plug in. That was the mistake. That was the mistake that people made from the very beginning, that somehow the platforms that were created were neutral, but they're not. They were geared as to have a business model, and that business model was to make money. 
And so it will constantly tweak in favor of increasing their profits while screwing over everybody else who uses them. Facebook will always manipulate its numbers. Facebook will always put the uh, you know rights and uses of troll bots above ordinary people. It's the reason why Facebook isn't willing to crack down on political ads. Facebook has the opportunity and the ability to crack down on fake news today. Going, this political ad is false. But they refuse to do so. They don't want to. Why? Because they don't want to give up on the billions of dollars that's going to be spent on Facebook ads. It's the same thing with Instagram. It's the same thing with Twitter. They exist. Twitter is now uh, trying to roll out a new feature in which you'll be able to post and control who responds to your post. So you can choose to hide replies or to create a post that no one can reply to completely close down the replying of it. What this does is it eliminates the ratio, which the ratio is like the last democratic tool of social media. Someone puts a bad take out there and they get ratioed to death, right? Yeah. People jumping in going, this was dumb as fuck and not retweeting and not liking. That was the tool. But now in the guise of, oh, we're trying to improve the conversation, we'll give people the opportunity to shut down Uh, any replies. That doesn't improve the conversation. All that does is ensure that now people can put out fucking announcements. It's not a tweet. You're just announcing shit into the void. And it's no pushback on it, no check on it. This is one of the crucial aspects. If you're not going to fact check things, then you need to allow comments to fact check. I don't know how many times a tweet has gone viral, but then you scroll down to the comments like, oh, okay, this was false information. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's the essential key of it. But they're eliminating that. Why? Because who does it benefit? It benefits their wealthier users. It benefits their privileged users. They want to protect celebrities and rich people from getting ratioed rather than – I mean if they wanted to really improve Twitter, they could do it tomorrow. Ban the Nazis. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's literally – they have the means to do it. They could ban them, but they don't. Why? Because they know that it generates revenue for them. That's the mistake that we all made is trusting these big tech corporations, the tech bros, to do what's right because we assumed that the system and the platform was neutral, but it wasn't. It was geared towards capitalism, towards profit. Right now, Facebook is embroiled in another controversy. What we're seeing is that there's an app that's being developed, uh, and it was by an Australian guy named Ton Thad, who's also being funded by, guess who? Peter Thiel. Uh, And it's something called Clearview. It's an app that law enforcement is already using, but it's about to go uh, nationwide even further. What it is, is it's the ability to take a photo of a person and instantaneously get their name, number, address, and who they know. Clearview is the most is one of the most advanced forms of facial recognition technology. Now the technology has existed for a while. Apparently Google had some capacity over it, but Google chose not to do it. So Google doesn't have face recognition, but Clearview does. What this will effectively do is eliminate any anonymity in the public sphere. Anybody could take a picture of you and instantly know who you are, what you're doing, etc. This has massive repercussions. Imagine if you were a protester, right? Instantly your photo is taken. Not only does everyone know who you are, but they also know everyone who is connected yeah, and associated. Yeah. Well, imagine I just I can only think about like, you know, people who had suffered from sexual violence 
or you know or like you know abusive relationships like there's hundreds of horrible things that can happen as a result of of even being within the kind of the proxy of something like this you know yeah Right. Well, I mean, look, anonymity can suck sometimes. We've all noted that, right? That one of the ugly sides of the internet is the uh, emboldening mm-hmm. that anonymity does, right? Yeah. Keyboard warriors, we call them, right? People are brave internet behind the computer screen. They'll say all sorts of shit. The number of death threats that people get, right? It's because mm-hmm. of anonymity. You're behind a computer screen. You feel comfortable to do that. But anonymity is an essential component of the internet. And the age of the internet. It's important to have anonymity. It's how you're able to check powerful people. It's the ability for a woman to step forward and uh, talk about her sexual assault or a man to talk about his abuse or harassment or whatnot. Um, Anonymity offers that. Anonymity offers you the opportunity to post your opinions without consequences from your employer or from the government. Clearview eliminates all of that. You take a photo of a person and you're instantaneously given access to that person's information. This is this is the issue that we're dealing with, right? It's like the metrics is bad enough, but it's like the biodata that's tied to the mat- metrics is our civil rights issue right now. Do we have the right to our own privacy? Do we have the right to our own data? And the answer is no right now. I mean, the particular irony of this is Peter Thiel literally sued Gawker for his own privacy. He sued them out of existence. Or not Gawker. Was it Gawker or Jezebel? One of them. He sued one of them. Gawker was Hogan, I think. I think it was Gawker. Yeah, but no, he funded. He funded Hogan's lawsuit. Yeah. Yeah. Over privacy, right? But now he has eliminated. Here he is eliminating everyone else's privacy. Wow. That's crazy. It's it's, uh, the the irony of it all, right? Yeah, it's some Black Mirror shit, dude. Like, I feel like we're living in an alternate reality. Like, It's straight up Black like, Mirror shit. Yeah, there's been times where, like, I wish I could just pull out my camera and, like, look at a photo of a celebrity and be like, oh, what other movies was he in, you know? But then I just try to find his name and then go on IMDb. It's that easy. As it is, there's enough yeah. information on the internet right? We have willingly ceded enough privacy of our privacy as it is by bringing these objects into our private sphere as it is. But now we're now entering into this era where we're creating a system of social credit. So I'll give you an example of this. So China does this. China has mm-hmm. social credit in which it uses a, a massive surveillance apparatus in order to give people rankings. This person, for example, jaywalks, their social credit decreases. And that has consequences, right? Whether a person is considered a good member of society or not, very Orwellian, right? Now we see that already starting to play in the United States. That people often talk, oh, China, China, as if this is China is this unique monster. But guess what? It's happening here in the United States as well. The difference is in China, it's mm-hmm. being done by the state. In the United States of America, it's being done by corporations. So take, for example, the 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 notion of uh, social credit. Airbnb does this as it is. Airbnb uses similar technology to Clearview to uh, gather data on individuals who are hoping to stay at one of their residential areas or one of their places and determines a credit score, a social credit score of that person. Is that person too political? Does that person post too much about parties? Does that per- and so on and so forth, and then determines whether they're going to cancel or allow that rental to go through. Yeah, shit. 
That's what we're dealing with now. Literally, a credit score for people based off of their social activities. That is a literal Black Mirror episode. Holy shit. Yeah. That is a Black Mirror. Tell me. Be be honest, guys. V and Diz, you don't do anything particularly controversial on your social medias. But do you really want to be judged? Not just judged like, oh, Diz is a degenerate piece of shit. We all know this. (laughs) (laughs) Dick. <laughs> but imagine if a company can determine whether you will receive services or not based off of your social media. Yeah, posts. that's fucking ridiculous. That's so crazy. Yeah, that's what. Like, think about that for a moment, right? Let's say someone goes, "I don't want V in my house because he posts about sandwiches." I've had that happen to me before. I don't want him to be using this. Just think about that: a social credit system based off of what you do. Now, oh, all he's being a, a sensationalist. He's being hysterical. They're going to tell me. Give me one reason why Clearview should exist. Oh, law enforcement! If you've got nothing to hide, not a big deal. Law enforcement already has enough tools to catch people. They don't need to sacrifice the privacy of everybody yeah. in the country. Yeah, you know, it was a big deal when Obama did it, right? Like people were all pissed off that like the government was tapping into our phone calls and shit, and they were doing wiretaps. But like now, all of a sudden, when companies want to do it, yeah, no big deal. Yeah, this is the problem. People, I think, something happened culturally post nine eleven. And then post 9-11 moment with the USA Patriot Act, et cetera, there was a massive pushback. I'll never forget the fight the librarians put up. People forget that. It was the librarians that fought against the USA Patriot Act. They said, we're not going to give you people's private book checkouts. We're not, it's none of your business. Yeah. Librarians fought tooth and nail for civil liberties. Mm-hmm. They were at the forefront of it. And then we just kind of all accepted that massive surveillance – while sometimes illegal, yeah. for the greater good, it was my necessary, friend. and everyone just kind of accepted it for the greater good. It's just it is what it is. We just accepted it. Now we're seeing that weaponized and monetized by these massive corporations. And yeah, some people are freaking out a little bit about Clearview. But where was the where are the protests outside of Facebook's headquarters? Yeah, right. Like where? Why aren't people calling up their senators and congresspeople? Like, look, you need to shut this shit down. There isn't any major presidential candidate or congressional candidate or senatorial candidate that's running off of, hey, I'm going to break up Facebook. I'm going to break up Twitter. I'm going to break up yeah, Instagram. Yeah. It just are. It's, not, it's not a major issue, but this is where we're at right now. I mean, you have an app that's going to go through all of your social media. This means every photo that you've ever posted on Facebook. It means any type of post that you've ever done on Twitter or Instagram. And it's going to be able to pinpoint exactly where you live. How does that make you safer? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, I mean, honestly, but like, what is the actual use of it? Like, I don't, I like, how does one actually like apply a practical use to being able to do that exactly? It's a, yeah. I, I don't understand. I, I don't get it. It's a, it looks to me just like a, another, it's a weapon, right? Like this looks to me like it's going to be a weapon and it's going to be a weapon used by corporations and big tech and government agencies and law enforcement that has no practical value for the rest of us. Yeah. None at all. The interesting thing about it is kind of funny, weird twist that will, uh, probably leave this in is that Ton Thad, the guy who uh, created this was a wannabe model 
Oh, jeez. And he was an Australian dude who was a wannabe model, uh, and it didn't work out for him. And so he ended up going into tech to develop this. This is one of those instances where, like, man, you should have just given him the campaign. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. make him a model. Yeah. We would have saved ourselves the origin stories of this fucking supervillain. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, what if Hitler actually sold paintings? You know? Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> <But, laughs> Don't the, the, someone had pointed out that he apparently the reason he didn't like uh, the modeling agency was the uh, flash of the cameras, which adds even more irony to this story. I know, seriously. He can't handle the heat of the cameras, but he's now created this massive fucking app and technology to screw the rest of us over. This is, I mean, this is like, this is like a comic book. This is like comic book supervillainy. It really is. This is comic book yeah. supervillainy. Straight up created this app that's going to have massive and devastating consequences for society. And that's already being used by law enforcement agencies and various companies that'll really fuck us over. Wow. I mean, there goes this. I mean, we talk, we joke about how we grew up as in the era of true social media, right? Yeah. We can remember a time before, but our adult years we were the first generation to really deal with the consequences of it. We were the generation that had to deal with the fact that our nudes would get leaked, that we would post stuff up on Twitter, Instagram, whatnot, right? A lewd or whatnot, because we needed those, uh, you know, the uh, endorphin. I'm slapping my uh, my wrist here, or the, uh, my uh, butt cheeks. elbow, you know. What is oh, okay. the, what <laughs> yeah, the, the yeah. jonesing, the oh, universal like, symbol of jonesing? Yeah. What is this? What do you call that? Oh, uh, like, <laughs> yeah, like when you're getting, when you're trying to, when you're trying to yeah, do the monkey, you're trying to get a vein, trying trying to get a vein right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, for heroin, that's yeah, what I'm saying. You're fapping, so stop doing that. That's not what I'm fapping. I'm jonesing. Clapping butt cheeks. I'm endorphin jonesing here. You know, we did how many times. How many people <laughs> shut up? How many people posted up, you know, pictures of themselves semi nude or fully nude or lewd? Because why? For likes. For likes, for retweets, for views, for you know, we did it on Snapchat. And we were the first generation to deal with those consequences that, oh, wait a minute, the immediate loneliness at three at night has consequences six years down the line when I'm trying to get a job. Yeah, yeah. Or when I'm trying, like, how many people have had to deal? We just had the instance of of Katie, not Katie Porter, mm-hmm. uh, Hill, who had to resign because her ex released revenge porn. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, she resigned from Congress. The, I mean, this is this. We are an, a generation that's growing up and going. Oh, there were consequences to putting too much information out. The other day, someone was joking about the fact that uh, when she went to interview. She took a picture of the wall because the photo was of uh, Margaret Thatcher. And she made some offhanded comment about Margaret Thatcher. Then in her second interview, they did this hour-long interview, and then they pulled out a piece of paper, and it was her tweet about Margaret wow. Thatcher. Like, so what do you have to say about this? Right? Like, well, we now have to live in that those type of consequences, as it is. And now we're entering in a world where even the small pockets of anonymity that existed – the small, you know, because someone decided to, to, you know, call themselves, you know, Yoshi's come six, seven or whatever. Uh, six, it was seven. a way of anonymous. Right? Six, seven. Know, of all the numbers. Yeah. Of all the numbers. Why'd you six, seven? Well, you could tell I'm not good at this. You could tell <laughs> I have no idea. I have no knowledge of, of any of this stuff of anonymity of, of handles or whatnot. You could really tell, but you know, they, that, that person who was hiding behind anonymity, that was the small pocket that they could find for themselves of like a thin fucking layer of anonymity. But even that's gone. 
even that's going to be erased. That type of world, I don't even know what we're going to do there, man. Yeah, I, I mean, it's like it's. I think I feel like it's it's almost too late, right? I mean, they already have all the information. <laughs> you know, isn't that the case? And I, I was saying too, it's like I've never used that. The, you know, like everyone likes those apps now, where it's like that weird face thing, where it like changes your face or like it shows the Disney character on yeah. your forehead and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's literally you recording yourself. And like everything going on in the background and it's just kind of going yeah. into the ether and then f- uh, feeding the yeah. information, right? Like, Oh yeah, totally. So, well, the 10 year app, yeah, right? Yeah, like the yeah. last, did you do it? The one no, for 2020? No, I didn't do it. You didn't yes, do the I decade did. challenge. Did you do it, Diz? Yeah, that, that literally that's all it is, is the algorithm finding out what you looked like 10 years ago yeah. and now so that it could build its facial recognition technology. Yeah. And what did you ultimately get out of it? Right, you had three Nothing. seconds of amusement at the end of the day. Three seconds of amusement yeah. and a few likes and yeah. retweets. Was it worth it? Was it worth sacrificing your enemy? And, and that's the problem too. Is like I'm, I'm a millennial talking to Gen Z students. Often they just don't get it. They really don't. They're just like, eh, it is what it is. They don't care. They've accepted the consequences because you know the immediate satisfaction of the likes, the retweets, uh, the self satisfaction of being smug or funny or whatever is is worth it to them. But they don't look and think in terms of like real life consequences. Like holy shit, this is something we should be collectively pushing back against. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think and I did something that. You, sorry, what'd you say? I was just gonna say it was something that unites us across political spectrum too. That is true because at the end of the day, like it doesn't matter, like kind of what aisle you fall on, or what side of the of, of politics you fall on. You ultimately find yourself in a situation where anonymity is something that everyone benefits from. Yeah, yeah. Civil liberties, man, the fuckers. Civil liberties. Civil liberties. All right, let's uh let's end it here. But V, you've got something, uh, an actually something actually really exciting for us, uh, a really cool cause that people can get behind. Absolutely. So. As you guys know, um, you know, I'm not a very good human being, right? Like I, yeah, you know, like I, I constantly laugh at crying children. <laughs> you know, I have no problem. I, you know, I, I look at, I look at old women and I mock them if they're in walkers and everything, right? I'm not, I'm just not a, Jesus. I'm just not a good guy. You know, I can't help it, right? This is, this is the way that I was born, right? Luckily for you though, there is another person within my family that is actually a decent human being. Right. And that's Another my tram. Yeah. That's my brother, Kang. Right. And if you, uh, you There's know, two of them. Yeah, I know. Right. And, and the thing is, though, it's all like, you know, he got all the good genes, you know, and I got all the evil ones. Right. You know, I'm sitting there, I'm carrying my gun around, you know, I'm wearing tactical vests and shit in Virginia or whatever the hell they're doing. I'm upset at women all the time. You know, like it's all sorts of fucking stupid shit going on in my life. Right. But Stop Kang ruining yeah. this thing. That's actually really cool. <laughs> Kang. Kang is a stand-up and decent human being, and he's a good guy, and he's doing this great cause, right? So as we all know, you know, Kelly Marie Tran played Rose Tico, and uh, you know, in one the, of our favorites, yeah, you know, in, in in the recent in the recent Star Wars movies, you know, she uh she caught a lot of fucking mm-hmm. bullshit after the Last Jedi, and for really no reason yeah. at all, right? I mean. Outside of the fact, literally the dumbest racist reasons uh, of all time. Exactly right. It's like the poor girl. She was literally she had a great job being a part of something that we as nerds all love, right? And somehow, for no reason, no fault of her own, she kind of got shunned by all you fucking, uh, you know, by by all you all you jerk off nerds out there, the bad ones, the neck beards. Yeah, all all those. Uh, yeah, what is it? The um, the phantom man ass people or whatever you call them, right? Like those guys 
right? And then, you know, after that, you know, just when you thought that maybe the worst of it was over, she got shafted, you know, with the, in the latest Star Wars movie. They're giving her like two minutes yeah, and shit. Really criminally cut down on her airtime. I know, really. Like, you know, they they really relegated her to, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the best friend in high school that does your math homework for you type bullshit, right? Fucking horse shit. So what my brother has done which is great is he actually started a GoFundMe through his organization Lightspeed Saver League, right? Where they, uh, you know, the uh, one of the first uh, light sa- uh, lightsaber fencing leagues out there, and one of the and the best, the best, and they're going worldwide. I know this right. They're taking over. You want to talk about colonialism? They're colonizing everyone with lightsabers, and it's fucking amazing. amazing. Yeah, right. But he started a GoFundMe. It's uh, it's GoFundMe.com. Uh, rise four, like the number four rose. And uh, the idea is that, you know, we're they're trying to get some money together to make her like a special custom lightsaber show that, you know, the fans really do appreciate her contribution to this universe that we all love so much. Right. And oh, that's really cool. We'll also post this on our Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. You know, hashtag rice for Rose is the hashtag rise, that you want to use if you could. I, okay. Right? You we love rice for Rose. Rise, that's offensive yeah. V. <laughs> yeah, no, that's 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 racist as hell, right? Really racist. Yeah, the fact that you even thought that, you know, making me kind of question whether or not you're a decent being or not. Damn. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Anyways, hashtag rise for Rose with an S. Thank you, Diz. You piece of shit. Okay. Listen, that's fantastic. Yeah, uh, and you know, the, I think the 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 thing should be up, you know, for the next month or so. Please, if you can find it in your heart to just donate a dollar or two, you know, if we can get enough, we'd like to get yeah, there pretty definitely. soon. I'm donating right now as we speak. That's why I wasn't paying attention to the podcast. And uh, yeah, yeah, check it out. Check it out. It looks like it's a it's a fantastic campaign. And, you know, we love Rose on on this podcast. She's a she was the eyes of, of every fan of, of Star Wars fan. Right. Like that was the cool thing about her. We saw ourselves in her and her excitement and whatnot. So, yeah, she the, her treatment was dreadful. 100% on board with this. Thanks for sharing, uh, V. Diz, why don't you take us out? Yes, sir. You can catch us on Facebook, facebook.com slash currently nerdy. We're on Twitter at currently nerdy, Instagram at currently nerdy, Tumblr, currently nerdy.tumblr.com, YouTube, youtube.com slash currently nerdy. And then we're on Stitcher, Google Play, and the iTunes podcast app. So make sure you're subscribed and you're giving us a five star rating and a review. If you haven't given us one, find it in your heart to give us a review and a rating. If you have, we love you for it, unless you give us a one-star review calling Ali a sociopath. Actually, I love that person who did that, too, because it's a it's a source of, of fun for me to read that. Um, Endless entertainment. Yes. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us. hurtness is one of our favorite things in the world. <laughs> this is true. If you want to get a hold of us individually, you can. V, how can they get a hold of you? Find me on Instagram and Twitter at VTRAN214. That's V-Y-T-R-A-N-214. Find me on my website, thesandwichslayer.com. I'm no longer banned on my Sandwich Slayer Instagram, so follow me on there, too. Uh, you know, The Sandwich Slayer. Thank God they've been protecting the internet from people like me, apparently. You know, they no problem with everyone <laughs> else being on there. <laughs> You fucking assholes. Okay. <laughs> Ali. <laughs> Catch me on social media, Twitter and Instagram at A-A-O-L-O-M-I on my website, alialomi.com or on uh, our sister podcast, Head on History. Diz. 
You can find me everywhere at Dizbulla, D-I-Z-B-U-L-L-A-H. And you can stream the first season of Currently Nerdy Sports on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash currently nerdy. So go on there and uh, listen to my fantasy football analysis, damn it. For everyone here at Currently Nerdy, thank you for tuning in. And remember, stay smart, sexy nerds. All hail the Currently Nerdy Empire.